Hi, my name is Hua, and this is The Spoken World. As a Nigerian spoken word artist, poetry has been the best medium to express myself. Some people ask me questions about my circumstances and the inspiration for the pieces I compose. So I started a podcast where every week we have a new piece from a writer across the globe and we have fun sharing our experiences. Welcome to the 19th episode of The Spoken World. I have an excerpt of the book Perfect Love by Nigerian author Ufoma as our piece for today. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can the floods drown it. If a man would give all the substance of his house for love, it will utterly be condemned. Songs of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 7. My earliest memory of romantic love was from the movie, Endless Love. That was a definitive romantic story for me. Not even Romeo and Juliet came close. It would be many years before I learned that it was actually considered a blue film and not at all appropriate for impressionable children. However, besides the lust and sex that seemed to define the movie, it was the heated emotions that burned between the lovers, despite the opposition from their families, that stayed with me. I wanted that kind of reckless love, a mad love ungoverned by reason and driven entirely by passion. Even when I became a believer, I always held out hope to have such a fiery romance, and not just romance, marriage. But many years later, real life changed all that and I was about to marry someone for whom my heart did not burn. I had given up on love as I knew it, because my heart had been broken. And they said love is not about emotion, but an act of the will. But when the one for whom my heart once burned returned into my life, I realized that truly, the heart wants what it wants. Alas, ours was not the forever love kind. I was his toy, and he was my everything. And when he was done, so was I. And I didn't dare dream that I'd ever find that kind of mutual, passionate, and enduring love I desired. I took comfort in God, and was happy to just have Jesus, and to be content in Him. For so I thought. Mine was a wandering heart, a restless heart, a troubled heart. It got to a point that I had crushes on almost every single man around me. I just wanted love, marriage, the perfect romance. And then, I met Timmy. Ufama is a young professional and social entrepreneur and the founder of Fair Life Africa Foundation, a charity that supports underprivileged children. I read her book, Perfect Love, and it is a Christian novel 
that talks about love lost, relationships, temptation, and marriage. A brief overview. Onome, who's the main character, is unhappily married to Timmy. And after six years of marriage, she bumps into her ex-boyfriend, basically the love of her life. And now she can't get him out of her head. As if things could not get any worse, they are now neighbors. I had a conversation with Ufoma about her inspiration and why she wrote the book. And of course, the challenges she faced as an indie author in Nigeria. Here's how it went. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, Ua. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. All right. Uh, welcome to the spoken world. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> All right, so tell us a bit about yourself, Ufoma. Um, well, I'm a writer and a blogger, author, mother, wife, sister, <laughs> daughter, uh, the usual. Mm-hmm. Um, been telling stories since I was a child and writing poetry too. Um, but I actually always wanted to be something more glamorous, like a model or an actress. Um, I'm also a social worker, and I run a charity called Fair Life Africa Foundation. Wow. Um, your accent is really distinct. What influenced it? Um, okay, that one story. I had a bit of an accent before I even traveled because of American TV. But, um, yes, I lived in England for a good part of my life, and I also lived with uh, Australians. Um, so, yeah. So you have part Nigerian, part American, part English, part Australian accent. <laughs> it's it's an it's a concoction okay. of sorts, yeah. Because I couldn't even place it when I was like, is it? It actually started Australian, but it started Nigerian too. So I was like, Whoa. all right. Well, um, how did you start writing Perfect Love? Like, how? Where did you get the inspiration? Well, I actually, um, bumped into an ex. Um, this year and um yeah after we met the idea came to me and um at first i'm like no i can't write that It'll be a bit indulgent you know and i and i didn't want to do it but i felt god's leading to go ahead and write it because i thought that because there's a powerful message that for people so i wrote it yeah our perfect love is a, about a marriage that was you know hot at the beginning but became uh, lukewarm and uh, though it, it, it ended on a happy note, spoiler alert um, they were able to fix what was broken but sometimes uh, to, to some couples, uh, married couples they feel like there is no fixing this like they cannot forget what happened and um, do you think there's always going to be some sort of fix for that kind of marriage? say there was always going to be depends on the um, individuals involved and if God's involved essentially um, because impossible is not a word that God can accept you know so if we hand control over to him it will show us the resolution of the problem Um, but it can be hard to see the solution from our limited and emotional perspective and it takes a complete yielding to the Holy Spirit which is very hard for people to do, you know, because we're 
we're controlled by our emotions, emotions, we're controlled by what we can see, you know, and also the hurts, you know, you just think you can never get over it, but that's the whole concept of dying to self that was prevalent, I, I believe, in the book, that the need to surrender and let God take control. Yeah. Um, at the start, it seemed like um, Onomi and Timmy fell madly in love. Then, you know, like, really? uh, yeah, that's the, that's what I felt like at the beginning of the book. And, um, you know, halfway through their relationship, the spark died, you know, after they got married. Do you think if they had waited a little longer before marriage that they would have changed their mind? Or was it the concept of marriage that made them, you know, make the spark die? Uh, actually, I, I don't know if it's a miscommunication in how I wrote the book, but they actually never fell in madly in love at the beginning because, you know, in the prologue, she's like, um, she said yes because it said love is a matter of uh, choice and action and not of emotion. Um, so she, she didn't really feel like she was emotionally involved with him, and that was a problem. They, ha- they didn't have that deep emotional connection that she longed for. Um, at three months, it's definitely a short time to meet and really want to know somebody. Um, they should have given it more time and faith rather than following pressure and timelines. Because you could see that that was part of the reason she said yes, because she thought, oh, if it's not him, I might not meet someone else again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of people are like that. They settle because they think, oh, this person, I have to just choose one. You know, I can't be picky. He's good enough. Do you know? Do you understand? Yeah. So that's how it was for them. Um, I don't think it's the concept of marriage. Uh, marriage, maybe they didn't even appreciate what marriage is. That's why, that's why people make these decisions lightly because we don't appreciate, we don't know what we're getting into. You know, we don't know what is really involved with loving someone for better or for worse. Living with somebody who is completely different from you, you know, it takes God. And we don't really appreciate that until we get into it. And I don't I think even if they were madly in love, they would still have the challenge of facing the reality of marriage. But the fact is they didn't even have that. I, I I got uh, the the chance to speak with another author, and she said that there are there are basically two types of authors: the ones who know how their story is going to you know start, what's going to be like in the middle, and how it's going to end, and the ones who just go with the flow, just let the story direct them. <laughs> Which kind of writer would you say yep. that you are? <laughs> oh, I think I think uh, your friend's uh, uh, division is too minimalistic. I think I'm a mix of both. I, because I will know that it's I know that it's um, going to be a happy ending because God's in control. You know, He'll bring everything to together. But then, as I'm going, I don't know where I'm going, and I let the characters basically behave, misbehave, and um, you know, lead the way. And God obviously brings in His influence, and so that is the thing. It's it's like um, it's like a dog on a leash. The leash is is the spirit of God that makes sure that we don't actually get out of control in a way that uh, it will not, not come to resolution. And the dog is the characters that, you know, just run amok. Why did you decide to be an indie author? Um, well, I guess um, I, feel, I feel like traditional publishing is a bit of a lottery. Like, 
you've got to be begging people to publish your work. So they've, they've got to think you're good enough. And I just had too many ideas, too many stories to be waiting on somebody to approve them. So because I could publish, or my, I could self-publish, I decided I would do that until somebody came along and said, oh, wow, I love what you're doing. Can I publish you traditionally? And I'm like, okay, great. Let's get on with it. But yeah, I didn't want to wait for somebody to approve me as a writer. I knew I had a message to communicate and there's just like so much in me to write. So I'm not the one book a year type of writer. What challenges would you say that you that you got from being an independent writer, independent author? Um, getting sales, marketing my writing, um, that's the biggest challenge. Obviously, printing as well. Printing was a bit of a challenge for me because you got to come up with the money yourself um, and you can get yourself into some trouble with uh, scammers, um, which I did. Um, but now I'm printing through Amazon. So that's another way that I'm actually doing it by myself. So I'm preparing, publishing my paperback so that they can print it straight from Amazon. And that takes away the print it yourself charge that you would have to do. So, yeah, but the main challenge really is uh, promoting your work and getting read. And some people don't find you credible if you're not, if you're self-published, as opposed to if you've got a publishing house behind you. Um, so, yeah. How would you say um, the reading habit of the of Nigerians are? Because I know it's it's uh, pretty difficult to Nigerians do read, but it's pretty difficult to get Nigerians to finally read your book because you have to you know prove to them that especially if it's an ebook, it's worth their battery life, it's worth their data, it's worth their you you understand how that that works, right? So yeah, how, how was it convincing? They don't believe you're an author until they've seen your book in print. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think that's the case with uh, everyone. Ebooks have uh, eroded Nigeria, and a lot of people are getting into ebooks now. Not maybe not a great percentage of the population, but it's trending. Um, the, I think the challenge right now is getting people to appreciate that it's something they should pay money for, because the piracy is such a huge scourge you know, in this country for all types of artists, whether they're musicians, uh, actors, or, you know, authors, as long as it's an easily transferable format, then somebody is going to take advantage and see if they can get it for free, rather than paying something for the author. So people still don't appreciate the need to pay like 500 naira or 1,000 naira to read an ebook that they can just find, you know, download free from somewhere else. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, th- I think those are the issues with uh, electronic books at the moment. But Okada Books has really been a great platform for for Nigerians to give us a safe place to share our works and for and to earn money from it as well. What do you do when you're not writing? Um. Well, I usually um I'm usually reading other people's books or editing mine. Um, I also design websites professionally. Um, I also and uh, my charity, which I mentioned earlier. So I I also run out the charity, make sure that my staff have the what they need to do the work, and um, yeah, take part in our events. 
and all that. But oh yeah, of course, of course, my family. <laughs> lovely, that's lovely. Thank you so much for joining yeah. us on this podcast. It was so much fun talking to you, Koma. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity, and thanks for reading Perfect Love. Yeah, I still haven't read your review. I will get, I will get to talk. I will. I promise. Alright, thanks so much, bye. Thank you so much for listening till the end. And honestly, you guys are amazing. I mean, it's been 19 episodes. If you really liked it, it'd be beyond amazing if you dropped a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Check back every Thursday on Radio Public or any other major podcast platform for new episodes. Our theme song is brought to you by Memo Music.